Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Well, hey, welcome to Venture Church, man. We are excited that you're here today. Hey, if it takes me a second to catch my breath. Y'all bear with me. I got a little hype backstage. Um, today is a, a very uh, special day. Man, we're excited to be able to celebrate this day with you because uh, today we will be celebrating the beginning of our fifth physical campus here at Venture Church in the area that I call home in Jones County, Mississippi. And listen, we are so incredibly excited about this, right? And I don't want to, to, to breeze past this moment, right? I don't want us to look past this as this thing that, that we're kind of used to happening over here, right? Because if I'm honest with you, I'm, I, I think that it's pretty easy for us, if you've been involved in venture for a little while, it's pretty easy for us to get in that place, right? Because, hey, we've celebrated the launching of several campuses, right? We've, we've celebrated the movement of God, but listen, we need to understand that like, this is not a normal thing. You get that, right? Like this isn't an everyday thing. This isn't a thing that's happening everywhere else, right? I mean, this is, listen, we are in the middle of a, a special movement. We are in the middle of, of a special work from God. And, and for whatever reason, God has, has seen fit to use us in his work, right? That God has seen fit to use us in this process to continue to reach unchurched people in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and push towards life change and push towards something different a message of hope and a message of grace and a message of love and joy that our world desperately needs to hear, right? I mean, you understand that we're still in a pandemic, right? Coming out of all that 2020 was, we are launching, we are celebrating the work, of be the beginning of a brand new work, right? I mean, this is a season, this is a time where, where everything around us tells us that, man, we should step back. We should put our hands in our pockets. We should just kind of ride the wave. Let's wait. Let's see how things pan out. Let's see when things normalize. Let's, and, and that's not happening, right? Because we know, we believe that we can't do that, that the message, that the purpose, that the vision, that, that the work that God has put in front of us, we can't just wait on. And so we continue to push forward into it. This is not a normal thing. And as our, our pastor very lovingly says, you're not normal. The fact that you've given through all of this, the fact that through this season, man, your passion and your energy and your want to and your work, it's not, it's not waning, it's not falling away, but it's ramping up. And man, you're excited to see this new thing happening. And so man, we are celebrating big time that God is beginning this thing and that we get to be a part of it. And so just to kind of give you a little bit of a uh, runway to kind of know what's going on over the next few weeks, uh, starting next week, February 7th, Sunday, February 7th, we'll begin soft launches in Jones County. And so the 7th and the 14th of February, we'll have, we're calling soft launches. That'll be a chance for our teams, Team Yellow, shout out to all of you who have you know, signed up, who have committed to serve in Jones County. Uh, the people who are involved in house churches, everybody who's already involved, we'll run the experiences, we'll run the times, we'll get used to the feel and the flow and the space. And then on February 21st at 10 a.m. at the Gables in North Laurel, we will officially launch our fifth campus in Jones County, Mississippi. Now, as excited as I am about that moment, 
right? The moment where we, we open the doors, we welcome the first guest in, as excited I am as, for that moment where we turn the page from, you know, what could be to what we hope for to what is, what, what we're seeing and what will be next, man, I'm just as excited, if not more so, for the journey we're going to take together to get to that point. Because what we're going to do starting uh, tomorrow, we're going to kind of kick this off today, but really starting tomorrow, February 1st, we are going to enter into collectively as a church, not just Jones County, but collectively as a church from Laurel to Gulfport, we're going to enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we're going to challenge you to fast from something, right? The idea of fasting is the idea, it's a biblical idea of laying something down so that you can pick something else back up, right? And so, man, we're going to challenge you to, to maybe fast from social media, from your phone, from TV, from video games, from food, something, right? Lay that down for a season. Lay that down for three weeks so that you can spend that time and that energy and that passion. You can pick something else back up. And what we're going to ask you to pick back up is prayer. It's time pursuing God and leaning into the work and the, the purpose that God has for you and for Venture Church. We're going to pray towards the launch of Jones County and the work that God is doing in that area. But we're going to pray towards the work that God has specifically for Venture Church and the work that God has for you in your life. Now, listen, here's why I believe this is such an important step, an important moment, an important season for Venture Church. Because I believe that one of the greatest misconceptions of Christianity, one of the greatest misconceptions of following Jesus is that it's easy. And that might not be the thing you wanted to hear right off the bat this morning, but I, I do need you to know just honestly, like if you, if you came to church, if you're tuning in church online today because you thought that Jesus was going to be the solve to all of your problems and that following Jesus was going to lead you down the easy path, listen, I'm sorry, that's not what following Jesus is all about. Right? Following Jesus doesn't send you down the easy path. It doesn't send you down the path of least resistance. It doesn't send you down the path where life is easy and all of the circumstances look great. But what it does lead you to is a life worth living. It doesn't take away bad circumstances, but it does give purpose and meaning to life. Right? To follow Jesus is to pursue a life that is worthwhile, to pursue a life worth living. And listen, if you are following Jesus, if you do have a relationship with Jesus and your relationship with Jesus doesn't challenge you, like it doesn't push you into places where it's a little bit uncomfortable, it doesn't, it doesn't cause you to flex a little bit, it doesn't cause you to stretch a little bit, it doesn't cause you to, to lean into some conversations or, or some relationships or some moments that, that feel a little bit out of the ordinary, then maybe, maybe you need to evaluate how closely you are following him. And so we're going to pursue this, right? We're going to lean into this, the, the, this season. And, and so you don't think that, that I'm, I'm lying to you about this idea that, you know, following Jesus, it, it might not mean the easiest things in life. Here's what scripture has to say about this idea, right? Second Corinthians is one of the verses we see this. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses three and four, the apostle Paul writes to the church, a body of believers in the city of Corinth. And he says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So even though we're flesh and bones, we're not at war with flesh and bones. That's what he's saying. For though we are in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. But he says the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but they have spiritual powers. They have divine powers 
to destroy strongholds. And so what Paul tells the church, what Paul is telling us, what scripture tells us is that to follow Jesus is to engage in this battle, is to engage in this tension for spiritual freedom, right? To follow Jesus is to, to fight this fight, is to fight this war, is to engage this war, engage in this battle, to fight for the spiritual freedom of ourselves, to fight for the spiritual freedom of the people around us, is to fight against the strongholds of this world that enslave us all. You know what I'm talking about. Right? The addictions, the brokenness, the, the pain, the, the anxiety, the depression, the pride, the selfishness, all of these things that enslave us. You know this tension. You felt this tension. We all engage in it every single day, right? The question, by the way, the question is not how or the question is not if this tension, this battle, this war will affect us. It is how it will affect us, right? We're all in it. We all feel it every day. You feel this pull, don't you? You feel this pull from, from our culture, from the world around us that pulls us away from the person that God's called us to be, that pulls us away from hope, that pulls us away from joy and away from peace, right? You feel this pull into selfishness and you feel this pull into pride and, and into addiction and, and into these things that we know bring pain and bring ensla or that enslave us, right? We, we feel this pull each and every day. And so what, what Scripture tells us is that to pursue Jesus is to fight back against that, is to push back against that pull, that thing that's pulling all of us away from the life and the purpose that Jesus called us to. And not just for ourselves. This is what makes Christianity different. This is what makes uh, following Jesus different from every other message, because we're not just fighting against this pull for ourselves, but I'm fighting against this pull for you. And you're fighting against this pull for me and for those people that are out there and for the people we live with and the people we work with and the people we love, right? The, the people that, that God surrounds us with. We're, we're fighting this, this tension and this war. We're engaging in this fight for spiritual freedom, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us. That looks like opening our homes for house church, right? Hosting house church, inviting people in. Inviting people in with broken stories and leaning into that, like leaning into the messiness of life. It, it looks like serving, getting up early and serving on a team. It looks like getting up early and, and turning a high school into a, a church, right, where people will worship God. It, it looks like serving at recovery on Sunday nights. It looks like leaning into your community, changing your circumstances and your situation and what's, what is normal to you so that you can lean into your community and the people around you. It looks like leaning into lives, engaging in the realness of life, the realness of, of our pain, of our story, and the, the realness of the pain and the story of the people around us, right? To follow Jesus is to engage in this tension. And so what Paul says, if we're gonna fight this war, right? He says that we are given uh, weapons of warfare, which I love, like I love that just like, that battle, that, that front line, that war, that like I love this language. So Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are not, a flesh and blood, are not a flesh and blood, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And I know like some of that language gets a little bit on the, uh, we, uh, like what you talking about there? Here's what I believe Paul's telling. If I can bring this kind of back into our realm. What I believe Paul's telling us here is that if we're going to fight a spiritual war, then we need to be spiritually equipped. If we're gonna fight a spiritual war, then we need to be spiritually equipped. Well, what does that look like? 
Well, another place Paul talks about the same stuff is Ephesians chapter 6. It's another place where he talks about this like wartime language, right? This, this fight language. And he, he uses a lot of the same words. He says that, that if we're going to follow Jesus, right, then, then we are at war not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the rulers of this world. Maybe you know Ephesians chapter 6 because it's the chapter where Paul talks about the, the armor of God. Now, I'm not going to dive into all of it because of time uh, today, but uh, if you follow along with our reading plan, you'll read this chapter uh, this week. But in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about standing firm against the schemes, against the work of the enemy, against the world and the culture around us. And he says, in order to stand firm, we have to put on the armor of God. And he uses the illustration of a Roman soldier, right? And the, the armor that a Roman soldier would put on, he talks about the helmet and the breastplate and the, the belt and the shoes and the, the sword and the shield and all this stuff. And he equates all of these items to a spiritual truth. He talks about truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation. He says, we are to put this on. He says, if you put these things on, if you, you put these things over your life, if your life is defined by these things, if your relationship and your pursuit of Jesus is defined by these things, truth and righteousness and peace and faith, then you will be able to stand against, you will be able to press back against the work of the enemy, that you'll be able to press against this tension and this war and this fight that we're all in for spiritual freedom. Now, like I said, I don't have time to unpack all that, but there's one verse that, that I really want you to see. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It's the end of that little section. When you read uh, this chapter, it'll stand out to you. Because as Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, he sums it all up this way. He says, praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all saints. The idea of supplication is the idea of asking God to supply something, right? And so what he says in this moment is, look, if you're gonna put on the armor of God, if you're gonna stand against, if you're gonna engage in this battle in order to be spiritually equipped, Paul says, you gotta pray. And now listen, before you think Paul is, I am trying to take the passive route in this, this battle, this war that we're all in, because I think we, we, we think that way a lot of times, right? Like, like prayer is kind of the passive act. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't really know that I want to get in this conversation with you, but I'm going to pray for you, brother, right? It's our passive act. That's not what Paul's talking about here. Because when Paul talks about praying in, in the spirit and praying at all times, like Paul knew what it looked like. Paul knew what it meant and what it felt like for, for prayer to rattle the gates of a prison so violently that it collapsed. Like Paul, Paul had seen prayer raise dead people back to life again. He had seen prayer give people the ability to walk and see for the first time. Like Paul knew prayer was not a passive act. He knew it was a wartime act, that it was a fight. It was a battle, right? Paul knew the idea. And this is a truth that I think we've lost a lot, but man, I want us to I want us to grab it back as much as we can. That prayer is a catalyst for the movement of God. It's a, it's a reality that we see all throughout scripture that prayer always precedes the miracles of God. Prayer always goes before the great movements of God. It's not a passive act. It is a way in which we stand up and we engage in the battle, right? We see it all through scripture. Moses, he fasted and prayed before he received the 10 commandments. Jesus fasted and prayed before he began his earthly ministry. Paul and Barnabas fasted and prayed before they began the New Testament churches. Nehemiah, he fasted and prayed before rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem. Nineveh fasted and prayed before God forgave them. Israel fasted and prayed before God gave them victory in war over and over and over again. The people of God prayed 
and God moved. The people of God prayed and God poured out his miracles over and over and over again. We see it. There's a theologian and a philosopher, Karl Barth. He said this, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorders of the world. I read that quote a couple of weeks ago and it really stood out to me because, hey, right now we hear a lot about uprisings, right? We hear a lot about political uprisings. We hear a lot about social uprisings. And listen, I, I am not saying that any particular movement does or does not have any merit or warrant. Or, I, I, I'm not engaging in any of that. What I'm telling you is that what we need, what we need as a church, what we need as a society, as a culture, what we need as a people, what we need as a race of human beings, what we need is for the people of God to rise up against the disorders of the world. What we need is for the people of God, for the church of God to rise up and push back against the enemy, to push back against the strongholds of the world. What we need is for you, for me to stand up and to push back, to conquer new territory, to push against the enemy, to push against the darkness, to push back against the things that are enslaving the people around us, to rise up and to fight back. But our rising up begins with us bowing our knees to the King of Kings. We cannot rise up if we do not first bow our knees and seek the movement and the miracles and the work and the power of God. Now, let me kind of tell you where our heartbeat as a church is in this idea for the next couple of weeks. Because the reality is that I don't believe, we don't believe that understanding the importance of prayer is simply enough. Because a lot of us would agree that prayer is important, right? I think whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, I think we can all agree that, that it's, it's easy to come to a conclusion that prayer is important, right? Like even if you're trying to just figure out what this whole Jesus thing is all about, man, if you read through the gospels and the life of Jesus, one of the things you'll see over and over and over again is that Jesus prayed. Like it was a normal part of his life. And so if we're gonna follow Jesus, if we're gonna be like Jesus, then we have to come to the conclusion then that prayer should be a normal part of our life as well, right? That's what Jesus did. Therefore, if we're gonna follow Jesus, that should define our life as well. So we can understand and we can agree that prayer is important, but I don't know that that's enough. Because a lot of us would say that prayer is important, but I think we would also have to confess that our prayer is not the strongest aspect of our faith. I'll confess that. Prayer is not the strongest aspect of my faith, even though I'm wholeheartedly convinced that it's vital, that it is important, right? See, I, I believe that in order for, for prayer to become just woven into the fabric of our life, for it to become a normal process in our life, then it has to be something we enjoy. It has to be something we look forward to. And I think one of the reasons that, that a lot of us don't maybe look forward to those moments is because it feels uncomfortable to us. And I think one of the reasons prayer feels uncomfortable to us is because we've never been taught how to pray. We've never thought about, we, we've never really understood what it means. Like somebody's told us, hey, prayer is a conversation with God. And that sounds so simple. But then we sit down and we begin to, to talk to somebody that's not there. And then it doesn't feel so simple anymore, right? And so what we want to do over the next several weeks is we want to kind of lean into this idea. And we want to give you a guide, if you will, to prayer. And that's not to say, that's not to say that there is a right or a wrong way to pray. Because listen, there absolutely is not. 
I don't believe there's a right or wrong way to pray so long as we are seeking the movement and the presence of God, so long as we are seeking to engage in God, right? It doesn't matter if you're standing, kneeling, laying, your hands are out, your hands are closed. It doesn't matter, right? But what we want to do is we want to give a starting point to prayer. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to walk through a very simple acronym. Um, it's an acronym that's going to be easy for you to remember. It's the word PRAY. 21 days of prayer, we're going to talk about the word PRAY, P-R-A-Y. And each letter is going to stand for an, an aspect, an element of prayer. And all we're trying to do is kind of give the first step into this, right, into this process. And so one of the scriptures you'll hear us talk a lot about over the next several weeks is Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, you'll read this this week in our reading plan as well. Luke chapter 11, the first couple of verses, the first four verses of Luke 11 is really important, right? Because in those verses, Luke 11, 1, the disciples asked Jesus a very important question. It's the question we're asking, right? They, they saw Jesus praying. Jesus was praying at a certain place is what Luke says. And the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? Jesus, teach us how to pray. Listen, don't, like if this is a place where you're at, like, listen, you're not alone in. And even the disciples, after they had followed Jesus for years, asked Jesus, hey, will you teach us how to pray? And listen, Jesus didn't belittle them. He didn't mock them. He didn't turn them away. He didn't make fun of them. He didn't say, come on, you big dummies. You've been following me for three years. How do you not know this? No, no, no. He said, okay, let me teach you. And he gave them what we refer to a lot as the Lord's Prayer. It's just an example of prayer. Jesus said, okay, well, when you pray, pray like this. And here's the first line in the prayer that Jesus gave. So when you pray, here's the first step. Our Father, hallowed be your name. It's Luke eleven two. Jesus said, our Father, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed is a funny word. Right? We don't use it a whole lot. Hallowed. The word hallowed, it, it just means to be greatly revered or honored. And so what Jesus is saying in this moment is, okay, here's how I start prayer. God, you deserve praise. That's what he said. Prayer starts with praise. It's that simple, right? Prayer, one of the things I say a lot is that prayer begins in a, in a posture of praise. Prayer begins with a heart of praise. Prayer begins where we look at God and we say, God, you deserve glory. I don't. Whether we're, we're coming to God broken, whether we're coming to God sad, whether we're coming to God in celebration, in joy, whether we're coming to God angry, what matters is that we come to God in a moment where we say, God, I don't know what to do, but you do. God, I'm upset because I have no answers, but I know you do. God, I'm celebrating you because you are the cause of this. God, I'm celebrating you because you gave me this. God, I, I'm celebrating you, I'm honoring you because you are good and I am not begins in a place of praise. And so look, as we, <clears throat> as we roll through this week, I wanna give you a couple of, of very simple challenges. Three challenges, very simple. One, I'm gonna challenge you to commit to 21 days of prayer with us as a church. Now, in, in a few moments, you'll hear from somebody on your campus team that'll kind of walk through how you can take some practical steps to engage in this each and every day. We'll give you some very simple reminders, but I'm gonna challenge you now on the front end, commit to this. Commit to engaging in 21 to just three weeks to pray with us, to pray towards what God is doing in Jones County, to pray towards what God is doing in your life, to pray towards the next steps that God has for you. Secondly, I'm gonna challenge you to just pray a little bit more this week than you did last week. You don't have to go crazy with this. Just start somewhere. 10 more minutes, five more minutes. 
Just pray sometime one day this week, right? Just pray a little bit more this week than you did last. Start this process, start this discipline, start this. Every great discipline, every great act has a starting point. Let this be your starting point. And here's the third thing. Find one reason every day to praise God. Just one reason to praise God for. He woke you up today. He gave you a meal. And he gave you a conversation with your wife that you've been wanting to have. He lets you reconnect with your kids. He saved your job. He's provided a new job, right? Find one reason, one reason to praise God and lean into that. As a church, man, we're gonna praise God right now, right? We're gonna kick this off. We're gonna kick these 21 days off in praise and celebration and worship to God. And so all across our campuses, man, we're gonna, we're gonna worship God. We're gonna praise him because, man, he is moving in our midst, right? That he is, he is not only moving in our lives, but he's moving through our lives and he's calling us to be a part of the movement, to be a part of the work that he's already doing. Man, we're gonna celebrate him. We're gonna worship him. We're gonna praise him. And then I'm really excited about this. Across all of our campuses, we're gonna, we're gonna start these 21 days by praying for the names and praying for the people that have already committed to go and be a part of Jones County. So look across all of our campuses, let me invite you, y'all stand up, stand up together, man. Let's get ready to praise and worship and celebrate our God. And let me pray for us. Lord, we come before you, praising you, honoring you, celebrating, worshiping you, because you alone are good. You alone are great. And God, in your love and in your mercy, you see fit to use us in your work. God, we pray that your name will always be honored, will always be glorified in our lives. All things we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out venturechurch.org.